What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the other side of the firewall podcast, where we talk about the latest and greatest of cybersecurity news, as well as we highlight those movers and shakers of glass ceiling breakers, those people of color who made it to the other side of the proverbial firewall. My name is Ryan Williams, and as always, I'm joined by Chad Tynes. What's up? What's up? What's going on? And unfortunately, Levon could not make it this week, uh, but he'll be back next week. Uh, definitely continue to tune in. Uh, uh, throughout the week for the podcast. So Monday, we discussed um, an Uber hack or breach. Um, and then Wednesday, our discussion will revolve around uh, more diversity or not just more diversity, but just um, some easing some of, the bound, some of the boundaries to getting people into cybersecurity because of um, how undermanned we are right now and how we need to fill up the pipeline. And then on Friday, we talk about everything else. So not cybersecurity related, movies, games, books, TV shows, all that good stuff. So definitely tune in for that. Without further ado, I'll give it to Shannon. All right, all right. So this one's actually from the federalnewsnetwork.com. Um, and this one's written by Justin Doubleday and it's titled White House Releases Post-SolarWinds Federal Software Security Requirements, right? Um, so uh, all this is based off uh, some stuff that went down last year, right? Um, well, two years ago, actually, it, it was really from the the solar wind stuff that happened in December 2020, I believe it was, if, if I'm not mistaken, November, December 2020. Um, but there was um, some guidance that came out last uh, last year that kind of drove this. And uh, this new guidance is from the Office of Management and, Bud and Budget, right? So OMB. Um, and there's two things that came that they came out with. Uh, one of them is enhancing the security of the software supply chain through secure software development practices, right? And it stems it stems from like I said, it stems from the cybersecurity executive order last year. So, um, what ended up what what this kind of does, right? Is they say what what they want is for, and it's kind of I don't want to say it's kind of BS, right? But um, all they're asking is for self attestation, right, um, from software producers that they followed NIST practices, right? So self attestation self attestation just means that I can say, yeah, I did that. I followed the NIST guidelines, right? Here it is. Here's here's something with me saying that, right? Um, which it, it, it'll it'll. For the purposes of what they're trying to accomplish now, it seems like they're trying to um, make things more secure, but the way they're going about it, I don't necessarily agree with, right? Like, I'd still rather have that third that third, uh, third party come in and verify this for a company, right? Or if the DOD or, or, or you know, the federal, federal government had their own, um, their own entity that went in and did it for them, I'd still feel a little bit more comfortable, uh, comfortable that way, right? Because we've already seen what these what these companies do when left to their own their own devices, right? Like they're not taking it as serious as they should, right? So, again, with these with these uh these memos, right? Um, the the NIST, excuse me, OMB memo requires agencies to ensure their software is developed in line with two documents published earlier this year by the NIST, software, a secure software development framework, as well as software supply chain security guidance. So um, again, because of self-attestation, it, it kind of doesn't hold that much weight for me, right? Like the company's just going to say they, they, they did what they needed to do just to, just to go down the road and keep, uh, keep doing business, right? But they have some deadlines in here, which I like the deadlines, right? Um, so what they're saying now is that um, agencies in the government have 90 days to inventory other third-party software um, and a separate inventory for critical software, right? According to the memo, and within 120 days, agencies need to develop a consistent process to communicate relevant requirements in the memo, right? Um, so they kind of got to do a, a 
what's called a POAM, plan of action and milestone uh, to fix um, anything that needs to be fixed in these documents. But I mean, it's a good step forward, but again, the self-attestation is what kind of, what kind of gets me um, with all of this. I really want, I really want there to be a third party to go in there and it doesn't even have to be the federal government or anyone in the government, right? Like it has to be another company because then that kind of eliminates the collusion of it all too, right? Like if you get another uh, private company, it's very hard for both of them to agree they're going to try to pull the government in, in saying that they're following these guidelines. But Ryan, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. Um, so I do like the I do like the the deadlines. Like the timelines are pretty good. The the ninety days, the one eighty. Then there's a two hundred seventy day uh, to collect attestation letters, not uh, posted publicly for uh, critical software. Then within one year, agencies should be should have collected the letters for all third party software. So I think maybe it's it's an on ramp, right? Like they're building towards that uh, that third party, hopefully, or or some entity in the government that'll do it. I think they're just so far behind because they uh, there's so many vendors, there's so much software to um, to make the federal government work the way it works for uh, for better or worse. Um, that I don't think they can do that off the bat. So I think they're trying to build towards that, and maybe in a year or two we'll be there to have that third party company. Um, and then like we'll discuss um, in tomorrow's episode, the pipeline is still empty, right? Like where are they getting these these um, uh, at least in the federal government's uh, respect, where are they getting people to then uh, uh, create this unit or this, this this squad, if you will, to go in and, and do the investigations? Because currently, as they are, I don't think they have the uh, the capacity to to make that happen uh, at a large scale. Because um, you do have um, uh, DCSA, uh, you do have uh, CISA, you do have um, Homeland, you have a few of these things that already exist, but they're already busy. Uh, I don't think there is a lot of bandwidth to to currently make that happen. And then when it comes to third party, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of companies out there that they could find to do it for them. I don't know if they have the, um, or I should say, I don't know if they want to spend the money um, to source a third party to then, you know, aggress on these companies who are probably also not ready. Like, uh, because now this is a new requirement being levied against them that wasn't, that wasn't there before. It should have already been there. It should have been part of the SDLC or just good, Best, like good good business best practices whatever you want to call it um but if that requirement wasn't there I, I i bet you the majority of them were not doing it at least not to this the, to the scale right so it it is not as uh stringent as i would like but i think it is um moving in a good direction um but what, what are you going to say shannon I, I see you i see you ready so so <laughs> so no i just i just want to push back on two things right um okay i hear you i do agree with you but my the point is this executive order came out. I believe it was the summer of last year when the current oh, okay. when they initially released the guidance. So, so not not what they came out with this week, right? Like I'm not saying that, gotcha. but when they, the steps to start this were a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. So like then to say another year on top of that, like how important is it, right? And then when the point you bring up about not wanting to spend the money, like how much is national defense worth, right? Because that's kind of what it comes down to, right? If we're going to spend $770 billion, uh, you know, in the DOD, like how much is it worth to protect that investment? You know what I'm saying? Um, right, which is true. You know, like I, it, yeah. if they if they want to say it's important to, a, to, to them, make us believe it's important to you. You know, the money where right. the mouth is, is where it always is, you know? That's how you prove it. Yeah, no, yeah they're definitely not disagreeing with you. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I've, I don't see it. 
I'm, I'm trying to uh, find a nice way of saying it. This ship don't turn that fast. Let's just, <laughs> let's just say that. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> they do not move that fast. Um, so that's why I'm just like, at least they're doing something and building, right? That's, that's what I'm going for. Like, I'm sure once, once I get to the other side, I'm going to be super frustrated. But right now, I'm just like, uh, if you're relying on people like me, <laughs> I got to learn the standard and I got to implement the standard. Then you, uh, you're going to hit me with the, uh, the inspection. Your, your CCRI or whatever um, punches me in the face. So I, from a, a company's perspective, I think they, they obviously could move a lot faster, but I'm just, from my current experience, um, yeah, like baby steps, right? Uh, to build towards something. But um, yeah, again, like I'm not um, trying to excuse them. Like this already should have existed. This should already be part of um, them, uh, acquiring the contract right like you should have milestones you should be able to prove that you are securing the data or that the vendors because it uh, being honest like a lot of stuff is third party right a lot of stuff is shrink wrapped or you're you're a subcontract to a contract yada 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 um so there are lots of of um there's lots of stuff in the contracts to my understanding that these are things that are non-negotiable and have to be done but as we can see like the way you word things uh, can can definitely be uh, to the company's benefit and to the government's detriment uh, to a certain extent. So but we, we, again, I'm outsider looking in. So I don't, I don't have all of that that uh, information. I just anecdotally what I've seen, right? So uh, the, I'm just hoping that they continue to, uh, to go this route. I, I think we have a, a couple more years in this administration, um, like one more year in this administration. And then uh, it seems that the mantle is always being passed, right? Like it started with uh, uh, George Bush and has been working his way up throughout the administration. So it, it seems to be a, um, a non-bipartisan, it seems to be a bipartisan um, effort. So hopefully it continues to, uh, to grow in that respect. Uh, and then as we talk about in uh, tomorrow's episode, like just getting more people in the pipeline and what have you to make this stuff happen is also uh, a, a work in progress, but. Uh, with that being said, I'll go ahead and uh, wrap this one up. Definitely continue to tune in uh, throughout the week. Uh, go to all of our social medias. They go by the podcast name. You can hit me up personally. I'm at RyRy Security Guy. That's R-Y-R-Y Security Guy. I'm on Clubhouse, uh, LinkedIn, and um, Twitter. And then LeVon can be found at LeVon Maynard on Twitter as well. Stay safe. Stay secure. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.